Hello and welcome to Case Dismissed, a teenager's guide to the Supreme Court. I'm Carter Higgins, and I'm so glad you're listening today. In today's episode, I examine the case that established a heavy presumption against prior restraint, as well as podcast's first case surrounding the freedom of the press. New York Times Company versus the United States. But first, what even is prior restraint? And how has it been used by the government in history? Prior restraint is government suppression of speech before it is published, read, or broadcast on the grounds that it contains libel or is harmful. The Founding Fathers strongly believed that the freedom of the press was crucial to a democracy, so they protected it under the Constitution we know today. The Supreme Court has long upheld the freedom against prior restraint, and this case, New York Times Company versus the United States, is one of those landmark decisions. After Daniel Ellsberg, a Rand Corporation, a nonprofit global policy think tank employee, secretly made copies of Secretary of Defense Robert McNamara's clandestine government study into American involvement in Vietnam and passed them along to the New York Times, the paper began to publish the what we know today as Pentagon Papers in 1971. After three articles were published, the Nixon administration obtained a restraining order that barred the paper from publishing any more installments, citing that such a use of prior restraint was necessary to protect national security. When the Second Circuit Court of Appeals approved the administration's order, the Times issued an emergency appeal to the Supreme Court, which agreed to hear the case the very next day on June 26th. Only four days later, opinions were announced. The constitutional question of this case was, Did the Nixon administration's efforts to prevent the publication of what it termed classified information violate the First Amendment? In its per curiam opinion, or in the opinion of the court, the Supreme Court held that the government did not overcome the heavy presumption against prior restraint of the press in this case. Justices Black and Douglas argued that the vague word security should not be used, quote, to abrogate the fundamental law embodied in the First Amendment, end quote. Justice Brennan reasoned that since publication would not cause an inevitable, direct, or immediate event imperiling the safety of American forces, prior restraint was unjustified. In the concurring opinions, though, contained different justifications for prior restraint. For example, Justice Brennan referred to Oliver Wendell Holmes's clear and present danger test, as has been discussed in a previous episode, and alluded to speech that proves such a danger could be censored with prior restraint. And Justices Stewart and Marshall, Thurgood Marshall, argued that without congressional approval, the executive branch should not have broad censorship power. Because of these different reasonings, 
some are skeptical about this case, as I will go into soon. The New York Times company precedent is important because it further established that the government had to have a compelling reason of national security to enact prior restraint and was a victory for free press in the United States. Unfortunately, though, due to its per curiam opinion and fractured majority, many First Amendment scholars argue that the opinion in the Times case was very ambiguous, too ambiguous at that, and leaves open the possibility of government censorship of speech in the future. Now, this brings us to the end of the 10th episode of Case Dismissed, a teenager's guide to the Supreme Court. I hope you now have a good understanding of the freedom of the press protected by the First Amendment and have gained more insight into the process of prior restraint. Stay tuned for the next episode on another free exercise case, Wisconsin versus Yoder. Thank you.